Welcome back, Greenies. This is J.P. Gooderham, your editor of FearTheWave.com and always on Twitter at FearTheWaveBlog. You're back with us. This is episode 27 of Fear the Wavecast. We made it this far. And if you missed last episode, you might not have heard this, but we're going to do a few of these bonus episodes. And, you know, not going to lie, I think with what we've seen from the baseball team, this is a great time for us to get back in action because this two-lane club, even though we're only a couple weeks in the season, has already uh, dialed up the intrigue a little bit, I think. If you heard last episode or didn't hear last episode, we had Dave Browning on. He is a really great photographer, a huge Tulane fan, and a super knowledgeable guy. And we were lucky to have him, and he gave us a ton of great insight. But I think what was interesting about that Q&A was, at the time, looking back to the preseason, not a lot of folks were, were I think, hyping up this Tulane team, You know, especially with the national crowd. You know, a lot of people thought this was a team that was poised to finish near the bottom of the conference. And from what we've been seeing in these first couple of weeks, which certainly aligns with what Dave was telling us on the show, there are some very intriguing arbs in this team. I think there have been some moments where we've seen production at the plate, like tonight. We'll get into that in a second about how this first uh, game of the Lamar midweek series uh, looked. But, you know, overall, I think this is a good time to to invest in where this team is going because it certainly seems like they have some opportunity ahead of them. Uh, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, though, among those good vibes that they are coming off a really challenging weekend. Tulane, of course, opened with a sweep over Horizon League favorite Wright State. They then followed that up by going to Oxford to play Ole Miss. And, and that was a tough series because, first and foremost, you had three early leads in all three of those games that ultimately uh, fell apart. You know, of course, the first game ended up stretching more than uh, the game time as it went into Saturday. But nonetheless, tough series. And while I think from a fan perspective, you wanted to see them go up and, and really plant their flag in the ground and say that they were here. You know, Coach Jew, just reading his comments after the game, he said that I told the team after the game, even after three losses, that we're going to be good. We're going to be really good. The Ole Miss coaches were very complimentary of these guys, and I think they knew that they had a fight on their hands. And yeah, I mean, I think that that definitely feels like what we saw. You know, I think if you're going to point to something that was a cause of concern, you know, one of them was was getting runners in scoring position and, and not being able to do something with it. That could be a testament to the staff that Ole Miss has this year, which certainly is formidable. Uh, you know, you have weekends like that sometime, but early returns have been have been good, have been promising. They then came back this week and I think really had a nice comeback victory tonight with a 7-1 win over Lamar. 13 hits, that's a season high. They only gave up one hit across the pitching staff, which was excellent. The team across the board looked very good. The only other newsworthy thing I wanted to bring up, and I'll make sure to bring this up in our interview, because of course we're going to have Todd Graffinini. I think we can say he's a friend of the podcast at this point. He's been on a bunch of times. We're always very lucky to have him. He's excellent on the radio. We're very lucky to have him as our radio play-by-play guy. But uh, when he comes on here, he always gives us like great updates on practice. So always fortunate to have him on Fear the Wavecast. Was listening to the radio broadcast today, and he mentioned that Kobe Owen, I hadn't heard this before, maybe you haven't either, Kobe Owen, uh, who has already made some impact this year, unfortunately appears to be out for the season with an injury to his elbow that was sustained during practice. So I'll make sure to ask him about that in the interview. Uh, but beyond that, not a whole lot going on in terms of the injury report. So without further ado, let's get into the interview. Let's talk with Todd about where he sees this team and where the team's energy is as they came out of the tough old Miss weekend. Before we get there, always mention this and, and you know, you all, big thanks because you keep coming back and doing it. We always ask if you're listening to this on iTunes, if you could leave us a review. We love the five-star reviews. We also like hearing the feedback. 
one thing we always have have been seeing is, hey, we want to hear, we always hear great stuff about the other team, but can we do more stuff focusing on Tulane? That gets us to, to bring people like Todd on who can give us more in-depth breakdowns. So hope you're getting what you're looking for. That's really what we're looking to do on Fear the Wavecast after all, since we're fans too. So at the end of the day, always helps to get your feedback. Keep it up. We always appreciate it. All good stuff. So that's the end of the updates. Let's get into the interview here. Let's learn about where Tulane is now that they're a couple weeks into the season. And as of this recording, seeing it four and three, going for another game with Lamar that'll take place tomorrow night at Turchin. So let's do this thing. Stay angry, my friends. All right, folks, and we are back, and we are lucky again to have Todd Graffanini. You know him. He's the voice of the Green Wave. He's back on Fear the Wavecast. And this has been like a quarterly report at this point. We're very fortunate that he keeps coming back, and, and you know him already, but you can find him on Twitter if you're not following already, at NT Graff. Todd, how's life been, man? It's great, JP. Can't complain. And, you know, this is a uh, time of the year that, uh, I really enjoy now. I don't know if my wife and my kids enjoy it a whole lot because <laughs> I'm not a, at home a bunch of times. But um, yeah, when when basketball and baseball overlaps, there are pretty much no days off. So again, uh, you sign up for it. But football and basketball a little different because obviously you're playing every Saturday for football with some games sprinkled in during uh, November as far as basketball season, but when baseball starts, you're going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So basically Monday is the only day you get off and, uh, you know, gotta, gotta enjoy those days off, but you know, back at the ballpark again today for, for a late afternoon contest and ready to go. Well, you know, it's obviously we're, we're very early in the baseball season, but even looking back to that right state series, we already got some, some kind of classic graph calls, What's been, you know, we're about two-thirds of the way into this Tulane sports athletic season. What's been your favorite call of the year so far? I was thinking about that. Ooh, wow. That's a great question. Um, hmm. I, I think uh, going back for football, it would uh, have to be the, the win against Army uh, and, and, the, and the last, you know, 22nd touchdown by Jonathan Banks. Uh, I like that one a lot just because of the fashion that, that uh, we came back and, and had to convert a few fourth downs on that last drive to win the game. Uh, basketball, I think it was definitely the last uh, windmill dunk by Melvin Frazier against Temple to steal <laughs> that game away in Philly. Uh, you know, you look back on that, what a big win that was. I mean, going up on the road and going to a place that we had never won before and hadn't beat Temple in 20 years and and to start conference play that way to, to win up there. And, uh, you know, Melvin just kind of exclamation pointed it. I know that's really not a word, but, you know, to, just to, to get that final dunk and, and to put it away and, you know, knowing that we won the first game of the league, that, that was pretty cool. So uh, I'd say those have been probably my favorite two calls of the year. And you know, hopefully there'll be many more. Uh, baseball is still very early, just seven games in, but, you know, I, and I always say it every time somebody brings these things up. It's not me. I'm I'm just along for the ride. The guys who are doing it have to do it. You know, those <laughs> those guys are making plays. I, I'm just I'm just observing, so to speak. So, as long as those guys in whatever sport keep making plays, I, I'll be there. Well, you know, looks like good times are ahead. So it makes it it more fun for all of us. And I think that's a good segue because you know, at the time we're recording this, it's Wednesday morning. Tulane is coming off a 7-1 win over Lamar last night. 
What did you see out of, you know, obviously it was a tough weekend last weekend in Oxford. It seemed like a big response. The bats were hot last night. The pitching was excellent. How did you think from the booth that the team responded last night? I liked it a lot. And it was just a very business-like performance. And uh, what I really like was the mindset going in, just even going, hanging around the clubhouse on, on, uh, uh, on Tuesday, yesterday before the game. Uh, you could tell right away that there was no kind of, you know, hangover, so to speak, from, from the weekend. They had already put it behind them. I think those Mondays off, when you, when you have a tough weekend like that, you know, those guys come in and they go to class and they're, and they're students and they kind of get away from it, which you need to do. But the best part about baseball is you don't have to have it linger the entire week like you would maybe for a football game where you got to wait till the next Saturday. And even in basketball, you're not going to play back-to-back days unless it's a tournament and you're right back at it. So uh, I thought the mindset was outstanding and they, they really played solid baseball. You know, if there's one thing you want to nitpick about last night, we left too many runners on base uh, early on, but you know, as Coach Jew had said, and it's true, you got to have the runners on base to leave them on in the first place. Sure. So uh, seven seven runs, 13 hits, did not commit an error, played flawless defense, gave up one hit as a pitching staff. Uh, Josh Bates, his starting debut on the mound, does not give up a hit in five innings. And um, I, I just thought it was it was an outstanding ball game against a team. You know, Lamar, you look at the record, and they're three and six. Well, their first weekend – they played Missouri State, who's ranked number 22, and they split a couple of games with them, including an 8 nothing shutout. So and it's, it's interesting to see after you play these teams or before you play these teams who they have played and, and what they're going to do in the future. And obviously you've got to pull for Lamar the rest of the way, but you, know, you go back to Wright State a couple weekends ago, and people are thinking, oh, Wright State, what, what, what good are they? How good are they? You know, they're picked to win their league, and Tulane sweeps them, and – they go into Lafayette, ULL christens a brand-new stadium this weekend, and Wright State goes in there and wins two of three. So if you look back on the Wright State series, I think it was something that we can definitely look back on as the season wears on, and hopefully we get to that point later on when, when uh, people are making selections, and maybe that Wright State series will mean something down oh, the road. Awesome. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, last, but, you know, last night was, was a good start. Now there's four more games this week, and, you know, as I sit here in the booth, uh, getting ready for the game today. Lamar's already out there. You know, they they worked out in the hack shack and they're getting in a little practice. So, you know, uh, like I said, there's no time to think about last night. There's going to be another game real quick. Ty, I know you're following a lot of games and you got a lot of sports right now. Have you seen how uh, – I'll cut the next weekend opponent, Cal State Fullerton. Have you seen how they've opened the season? Well, I know that uh, they got beat by Stanford in the first weekend, and I know Houston went into Goodwin Field last weekend and won the series. And I tell you what, that's really, really difficult to do. Uh, We've been in Fullerton a couple of times. I actually talked about this on the air last night. Uh, We've played five games in that stadium out there in Fullerton and have not won a single game. And for Houston to go out there and win a series – is pretty darn impressive. That says a lot about Houston. Look, Fullerton is going to be Fullerton. I don't care what their record is. They're going to pitch the heck out of the ball. Uh, they get guys on base. They're going to bunt them up, and they're going to try to small ball you to death. It's, it's never changed. It's been a formula that has been successful through the test of time, going back to Augie Garrido, 
when he was our head coach and throw every, any record out. Now I know they played UCLA last night. So uh, I got, I was actually literally about to check that score to see how they did as far as, uh, as what they did coming in this weekend, but you kind of hope they, uh, they beat UCLA. You don't want to, you don't want them to come in here with, with a one and nine record because that means they're going to be pretty hungry. They're going to be hungry anyway, but uh, you know, you gotta, just gotta throw it out. But first things first, JP, you gotta, you gotta get this one here tonight. You're right about that. Well, Hey, you know, I think, I think what you touched on before, you know, if we look back the, the last uh, podcast episode we did, we had Dave Browning on who, who gave us a breakdown on, what he was seeing from practice and what he was thinking about in the preseason. And he was really optimistic about this team. And I think now that we're, we're seven games into the year and I know maybe it's just a four and three record, but I think if you look at a lot of the parts that have emerged already, especially with the depth of this pitching staff, there's a lot that you can hang your hat on as a Tulane fan and say, okay, this is a team that has the ability to compete. How has what you've seen on the field so far aligned with maybe your expectations coming into this year? Is this, is this about where you thought the team was going to be, or have you even been a little bit surprised? I, I've got to be honest. I had no clue. Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> and this is really the first time in quite some time that I, I really had no read on how the team was going to be. Now, I've seen practices. Now, I haven't seen as many as Dave Browning because of just my other duties uh, in spring, but, you know, I, I've, I've liked what I've seen so far, and I guess the good news is is there's so much more room for improvement. Uh, this is by far a finished product. Now, I see a lot of potential. There's no question about it. Um, but there are a lot of things that, you know, need to kind of get sorted out as the year goes on, especially before conference play kicks in, and that is in the last second to last weekend of March. But, you know, the thing about it is, is there's just no time where you can, you know, take a day off because the schedule is so daunting. Um, you know, there aren't any what you would call, you know, throw your glove out on the field and you know you're going to win games. That's just – that's not the case at all going into conference play. You got the, the, the one here tonight, then you got Fullerton, then you got UNO and SLU next weekend and ULL and – Southern Miss the weekend after that. Purdue comes in for a three-game series. And then we go to Long Beach, who was in the Super Regional last year. So you tell me where you're going to throw your glove out on the field and, and know you're going to win. There isn't any. So this is a team that's really learning on the fly. Now, they were able to scrimmage a whole lot more than they did last spring. As a matter of fact, they were barely able to scrimmage at all because of the injury situations uh, that we had. So this is a much more game tested team, though it is playing against yourself. Um, uh, I, they've got a lot more reps than they did at this time a year ago, as far as just scrimmage type of action. Remember there was no midweek game before the old Miss series. So they've only played seven games where most of the country is, is now up to nine or, or, or maybe even 10. So um, again, through seven games, four and three, you'll take the record. Um, you know, the Ole Miss series and I, and I wasn't there, but I did watch pretty much all of it. Um, it was, it was a little disappointing, uh, it, for me at least to not at least get one win. Uh, I thought they put themselves in positions to win game one and three game two was really your basic clunker. 
uh, and those things happen. But, you know, and I said this on the air last night too, JP, I, I just thought that the difference between Tulane and Ole Miss was that Ole Miss looked like a top 10 team and Tulane looked like a team that's still trying to figure themselves out. And when it came down to it, and if you want to get to the most basic premises of, of that Ole Miss series, Ole Miss threw strikes very consistently on the mound. Yep. They got hits when they needed to get hits, and they made every defensive play that they needed to make. And Tulane didn't. Uh, we got some big hits, um, but there were a lot of situations where we needed hits that we didn't get, or Ole Miss was able to get them. There were a number of times where we could have made a defensive play to, to kind of bail out the pitcher. And though they weren't scored errors, they were, they were plays that I know those guys would feel that should have made. Uh, and, and just little, little situations, you know, throwing to the wrong base in a bunt, um, not getting a double play when you had a chance to get a double play. Those things add up when you're playing against a team like that. And you, you really can't afford to make those types of mistakes because the other team is not going to make those mistakes. So, again, we saw a lot of good things against Ole Miss, uh, though we saw a lot of things that needed to get cleaned up. And, you know, again, just a little disappointing we weren't able to get one game out of that series because I really thought we deserved it. I, I really, unfortunately, thought we got hosed uh, in a weather sense, and there's really nothing you can do about it Friday. Caleb Roper was outstanding. And he was just getting ready to kick it into overdrive. He had found his groove, and he was, what, under 60 pitches in four and a third innings. And, you know, actually, I think he was under 50 pitches if I check my box score, which means he could have, he could have gone at least three or, three or so more innings. You would think four and two-thirds innings, he threw 58 pitches. So you're, you're looking at at least two more innings right there. And the way he was throwing, he was going toe-to-toe with Rollison. And, uh, you know, and, and the rain got in the way. And we'll never know what would have happened if that would have been a complete game uh, with Roper going as far as he could have possibly gone. So, you know, but those are the breaks, and those things happen, and you just got to gotta learn from it and move on. But, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised from what I've seen from Tulane playing other teams. You know, it's a little different when you're playing against yourself. Uh, you, you, it's very strange because you've you got to root for everybody. You don't, want, you don't want your hitters to start teeing off on your pitchers, and you don't want your pitchers to start striking out everybody because then you just you don't know what you got in a sense. So um, pleasantly surprised. I, I, w- I would like to be 5-2 and two right now, but I guess you'll take 4-3. and three. Todd, do you think – you know, looking at the schedule this year, you, you hit on this too, and, and this is something I think a lot of Tulane fans have looked at. We knew this was going to be a young team, you know, and, and, and of course we have a lot of guys coming in who are ready to go. I think Roper is, is the prime example of that. Uh, and yet, you know, Coach Jew had opted for a, a really challenging non-conference schedule, and that's, that's against an AEC that seems to be getting stronger every year. Do you think it's fair to say that that's a scheduling philosophy for Jude at this point, that he wants to throw these teams into the fire and, and get them action against uh, really quality opponents that could be super regional-type teams early on? Have you got a sense of that at all? Yes. Uh, the answer is a most definite yes, and it's the way it's got to be nowadays because you touch on it. A, it gets you ready for league play, and this league is tough, and I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's got to 
uh, ace Friday night guy that can beat anybody else in the league. Saturday is, is a game where, you know, you're going to run into a good pitcher and you're just going to have to, you know, get some big hits later on. You know, you're expecting a low scoring game on Friday, maybe a middle game on, on, on Saturday, maybe, you know, in a, in a five, six run range, sometimes even less than that. And Sunday usually is your, you know, you got to out slug them game. Uh, but you're not going to get any better playing Towson State. Uh, you know, uh, or, no, no slight to Towson, but you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that being said, I went to the USF Fordham Friday night game when I was in Tampa last week, and I saw Billy Mole, one of the great all-time two-lane pitchers, who's now the head coach at USF. He took over when Mark Kingston went to South Carolina. And I sat basically next to the USF dugout, and I watched the Fordham Rams two-hit USF. So everybody's got a pitcher. Everybody. And uh, two, yeah, two hits and one over the minimum. Three Fordham pitchers against USF, who's going to be one of the better teams in our league. And, oh, by the way, I watched Shane McClanahan for USF. Uh, lefty, who's going to be a top-five pick in the draft, hit 97 on the radar gun from the left side. It's so that's what Tulane's going to face. That's what Tulane's going to face in, in, in late March when we go to Tampa. So, like I said, uh, you've you got to face the best competition before you head into conference play because league play is going to be tough in itself. You're not going to get any better uh, playing cupcakes weekend after weekend. And it helps your RPI down the road. When you win these series, uh, you know, and again, that's why I was a little disappointing because not getting a win at Ole Miss because that would have boosted our RPI big time, and you hope that doesn't come back to bite us uh, later on in the year. But you play these series with a obviously a hope that you can win the series, and it helps you down the road. And that's you know Fullerton coming in here. I don't care what their record is, and by the way, UCLA beat Fullerton last night, so this is going to be not a hungry team, but a famished team coming in here this weekend. So they're already dangerous before they even get on the plane uh, to fly out here. But Fullerton's going to be good when it's all said and done. Long Beach is going to be good before it's all said and done. And that Long Beach series uh, on the road is going to be huge. How about this week before conference play starts at Long Beach and at LSU before Cincinnati comes here? So, you know, (laughs) tee it up. I mean, tee it up. there's, There's no rest for the weary. So, you want to be tested, we're going to get tested. So taking a look at our guys and our lineup, you know, you have, it's no shock to anyone that, that Spoon came out hot. I mean, he's hitting 407, he has six RBIs. For anyone watching the game last night, I, he murdered that triple, uh, which was a big run. But then you also have, you know, Artigues is there at 386. Cody Hosey's hitting 318. He had a nice RBI last night too. I know it's early. What, what's your overall impression of what you've been seeing from Tulane and, and from this club at the plate? But. Uh, like I said, I, I think we've got a lot of potential. To me, Jonathan Ortiz has been the most pleasant surprise, and, and mm-hmm. he's been hitting the ball so well that, that Coach Jewett put him in the leadoff spot. And, and that's saying something. I think Witherspoon is, is ideal in the two. Uh, some people might think he should be hitting three. Some people think he might be hitting cleanup. I, I think he is a perfect two-hole hitter, especially if Ortiz continues to get on base. Uh, then Witherspoon's going to get a whole lot more fastballs to hit. And we've seen what he can do with fastballs, uh, especially when he's going. And the key to him, and he said it after the game, you know, and, and I watched this a whole bunch against Ole Miss, 
uh, I was really disappointed in the approach at the plate by a lot of our guys uh, over the weekend. And I talked about this with Coach Jewett uh, when I was in his office uh, yesterday morning, you know, while we were kind of talking about the, the week coming up. You know, I, I just saw a lot of guys swinging for the fences, and, and that's just not this team. This is not the team that we've had a couple of years ago when we're going to hit 65, 70 home runs. Uh, they're just not that tight. You've got to hit gaps. You've got to hit the ball down the line and find the holes. And, you know, I, I mentioned this on the broadcast last night. I thought, especially Sunday uh, against Ole Miss, we let their pitcher, MacArthur, off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought he was a decent pitcher. I didn't think he was as good as his final numbers indicated. Uh, we missed a lot of fastballs right down the middle of the plate. And I was watching again uh, on the laptop, and that center field camera shows it all. And MacArthur was throwing fastballs right down the middle, and we were just missing them. And you can't do that. Uh, and he wasn't, you know, when he, if he's throwing 97 or 98, okay, but he wasn't. He was throwing 90, 91 miles an hour as a stock right-hander. So we had a lot of fly balls, easy, easy pop-ups in that game. Uh, kind of towards the end, we started to hit the ball on the line. And, of course, you know, Jensen hits that absolute crusher to center field and, and you know, Golson runs it down, which would have cleared the bases, yep. which got back to my original point. Ole Miss made every single play in the field that they had to make to win that series. But, uh, I just think Artigues has, has been a really good surprise. Hosey's got a lot of potential. You know, he played the entire year last year. You know he's going to be better on that alone. is going to hit. I know he had a tough night last night. But Gazo has been spectacular in the field so far. He's made every single play that he's been asked to make. Uh, and, and uh, you know, defensively, we've been very, very solid. Uh, what, what, you know, is we're going to find out as the year shakes out is how good Ty Johnson's going to be, how good Trevor Jensen's going to be, how good A.C. Owen's going to be, uh, because those are, the, those are the unknowns. Now, again, we've seen flashes in the first seven games that these guys are going to hit. It just hasn't been – consistent enough. Uh, A.C. Owen hit into some tough luck last night, hit a ball really, really hard. That got ran down in the left center field, but he did walk a couple of times uh, despite going over three. So, you know, and Matt Rowland, the guy hit one home run and drove in three runs the entire year last year, and uh, he's already got three home runs and nine RBIs, and he just missed a home run last night despite getting hit in the face with a pitch ball on Sunday. Uh, and I tell you what, that's a tough kid. He's, yeah. he's really, really fortunate. He's really fortunate that he's got that face guard because if not, we'd be having a different conversation. That would have been, that would have been something that uh, would, would have been extremely scary had, had uh, that face guard not been there. But, you know, again, the lineup's got a lot of room to improve, but uh, it, was, it was a good start to the week last night. 13 hits. Uh, you know, we struck out. Looking at the box score, we struck out six, uh, seven times, which isn't too, too bad. Still got to cut the strikeouts down. We left a lot of runners in scoring position early on in the ball game, uh, which is something, you know, in the Wright State Series, we executed perfectly uh, with runners on base, uh, runners at second, less than two out. We, we moved, or with nobody out, moved them over. Runner at third, less than two out. For the most part, we got them in. That, again, kind of slacked off against Ole Miss. It happened early on last night before we really picked it up. 
Well, some key points there. And, and the other thing, aside from Roland, it was great to see him back. I mean, when you were saying that, that this really wasn't a home run team, you know, obviously that that's true. This is going to be a team that's going to need to win with small ball. But I was thinking, man, Matt Roland might do 30 by himself this year, the way he was hitting last weekend. <laughs> but uh, the other thing, just to hit some bad news real quick, I was listening to your broadcast last night. I think this was news. It was at least news to me. Can you tell us anything about Kobe Owen? Because I know he, he's already seen some action this year, and I believe he's going to be shut down for the year. Yeah, and it's very, very unfortunate. And we did, uh, we kind of broke it on the pregame show. So if you're not listening to the radio broadcast, do yourself a favor. Um, you know, who knows what you're going to hear. So make sure you listen on 88.3 FM or on the TuneIn app. Um, but yeah, you know, when uh, they were warming up, they were taking infield outfield before the, the conclusion of that uh, first ball game up in Oxford the last throw Kobe Owen made to home, uh, the UCL popped in his elbow. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's it. I mean, he, he, he had a meeting with coach and his parents and they decided that surgery was the best option. So Kobe's going to have surgery on Friday and, um, you know, he's going to be out for the year. And that, that's, that's tough because that was your starting right fielder. I mean, he was penciled into the lineup and we've already seen what he can do defensively. I think this kid has a ton of potential. Uh, he had, you know, a couple of hits uh, in the first weekend, both of them doubles that started uh, rallies and, you know, he's just kind of in the mix. And it, it's just unfortunate when those types of things happen. But it is part of the game and he'll be back and he'll be back stronger for it. And, you know, I talked about it last night. The, the rehab now on those types of injuries is, is down literally to the day. So he'll be back stronger than ever next year. He'll, he'll be able to get a red shirt, and he'll be back. And I, I just think right now this is a tremendous opportunity for Tyler Heinrichs to, to step into the lineup and show us what he can do. I've, I've always been really, really high on Tyler Heinrichs, and he just he has not, in my mind, lived up to his potential. But now he's pretty much going to know he's going to be in the lineup every day. And this is an opportunity for him to shine. I think we saw a little bit of it last night. Uh, had a had a big hit for an RBI uh, later in the game as Tulane was trying to close it out. And, of course, base is loaded. He comes up in, let's see, I'm looking at my book right here, in the fifth inning and just gaps one in the left center field and the left fielder ran it down. That would have cleared the bases and that would have won the ball game. And when it left the bat, I thought it was going to split that gap, but it didn't. But the fact is he, he put Barrel on the ball and, and gave himself a chance. So uh, uh, he's a very good outfielder. He's got a very good arm. He's, and I talked about it last night. His body is filled out. I mean, he's a junior now. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark to all fields. And you watch him take BP, it's very, very impressive. So he's got all the tools to do it. And now I think he's going to be in the lineup on a day-to-day -day basis and he's got an opportunity here, and, and let's hope that he takes advantage of it. All right, well, Todd, we're, we're really lucky to have you again. And, and like you said, if, if people aren't doing it already, you got to have TuneIn app pulled up or WRBH's website because it's, it's always, especially in those televised games, it's always better than the broadcast. So we really appreciate all that you do. Last question for you, Todd. What's the series or game that you're looking at? I know this might be a little wild because you got Orlando and everything else going on with basketball, but for baseball, what's the series or game? you're looking most forward to at this point? Oh, boy. Um, I'm looking forward to going to Long Beach. 
the last time we went out to Long Beach was in 98, and that was a weekend I'll never forget, uh, where you know, we actually played on Friday and got rained out on Saturday. Uh, yeah, in Southern California, we got rained out and had to play a doubleheader on Sunday and wound up sweeping the doubleheader. And again, I'll never forget this as long as I live. Brian Hughes, uh, one of the all-time greats, a Tulane Athletics Hall of Famer, came up in the ninth inning. We had a one-run lead. And, you know, again, we're trying to sweep this doubleheader against a, a tremendous Long Beach team at the time. And Brian Hughes came up in the ninth with two on and two out and hit an absolute moonshot down the left field line. And our bus was parked over the left field wall, well behind the wall, and Hughes hit the bus uh, <laughs> on the fly with, that, with the home run. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And, of course, the dugout goes crazy, and we wound up sweeping the doubleheader, and that was really the catalyst to that outstanding 1998 team. So I'm looking forward to going back there. They really spruced up the stadium, got to watch it, uh, last year when, of course, that incredible Super Regional with Long Beach and Cal State Fullerton. Uh, so going back out to uh, Long Beach on St. Patrick's Day weekend and, uh, of course, going to LSU always. But, you know, I'm actually looking forward to, uh, to going up to Wichita. Uh, having just uh, been up there, uh, never been to Wichita, Kansas, and, of course, uh, getting a chance to play at the Roundhouse and the Coke Arena. Uh, last Wednesday, of course, that unbelievable second half by Melvin Frazier, uh, almost pulling it out against uh, a team that just does not lose at home. But I tell you what, man, their baseball facility is unbelievable. And I would actually say right now, and I, you know I love this ballpark, sure. uh, it's probably the best ballpark in our league from, from what I've seen. <laughs> and, again, just, just driving by it, um, it's awesome. So, now – What's the weather going to be like in early April? I don't know. But uh, I would think it's probably going to still be a little chilly. But uh, I'm looking forward to going up to Wichita and playing them three games. I wasn't able to do, to do it when we played them. We played them in on a conference series, oh, I guess about five years ago, five or six years ago. But I was not able to make that trip uh, due to basketball. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to that one, man. Um, I tell you, I was looking forward to going up to Connecticut, but I'd be lying to you. <laughs> No snow this time. Let's let's get let's get a couple games in. I think it's a victory. Well, Todd, thank you no so question. much. No <laughs> question. Well, Todd, thanks for uh, so much for coming on Fear the Wavecast again. We got to have you back in the future. Learned a ton today. So uh, everyone, make sure you're following him on Twitter. You know, always follow along with the broadcast. It's a place to be. You know that. So, Todd, thank you very much. Have a good time uh, with the Lamar game tonight, and and good luck with the Cincy game and heading out to Orlando for the AC tournament. Yeah, thanks, JP. And by the way, I want to mention anybody listening to uh, to this here today, get to Fogelman and Devlin tomorrow night. Make history. Um, that Cincinnati game is huge. Obviously, uh, you don't get a whole lot of chances to to host top ten teams. We got an opportunity. Uh, ESPN's coming in. Not not the U. Not the Ocho. Not news. ESPN. So the entire nation's going to see our building. And uh, there's nothing like it. I mean, there is nothing like it when it is overflowing packed. And I know we've been really hyping it up here on campus and in the community. But if you have a chance, by all means, please come out there. It's an 8 o'clock tip. So you have plenty of time to do what you need to do and get out there. And who knows, man? I mean, you know, (laughs) there's no question in my mind we have shown that we can play with anybody in this league. Now, Cincinnati is the last team that we have not played, and it's the second-to-last game. 
but you know we we can hang with Wichita State. And by the way, the three teams that beat Wichita State, Tulane beat. So Tulane can play with anybody in the league, and you never know on a night-to-night basis what can happen. You might see history. And I would love to see students storm the court. I'd absolutely love it. And don't tell me that, hey, act like you haven't been there before. Well, we haven't. So if Tulane (laughs) pulls it out, get it done. Get it done. I'll leave you with that. That's a great pitch. Thank you, Todd. Everyone get out to Fogelman tomorrow. That is a big one. Big thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. Thanks, JP. Have a good one. See ya.